Here's what's coming up on today's show. The other thing is it's never too late to start saving. And even if it's a little amount, it's going to have a bigger impact down the road. Trust me, you'll thank yourself later. When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management. And he could be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play. We're glad to have you back on the Retirement Power Play. I'm Ben George. He's Tim Dyer, wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management. We're going to talk about all kinds of those topics here on the show today. We're kind of kind of run through a checklist uh, a bit, maybe prioritize people for that lead up to retirement, those final days, mm-hmm. weeks, months, maybe even years to a sense uh, as you lead into retirement, a list of things you should be thinking about taking care of along the way. So it should be a fun show. Tim, how's everything going? Couldn't be better. Well, it's good to talk to you again. I know we're uh, three episodes in. How do you how do you feel about the podcast so far? You feel pretty comfortable? Yeah, I love it. I, I mean, it, it, it's sort of like uh, we're... We're on the starting line with our wheels spinning. There's so much uh, I want to say and get done, but uh, you know we got to break it down in a little chunk. So off we go. Yeah, I like our topic today. And again, we're going to put everything up online, DyerWM.com. You can also find some videos that Tim has created as well. Some really great quick learn video series with uh, you know common questions that he gets from clients quite a bit and, and a direct answer to the point quick, succinct, and uh, hopefully answers your questions. But if you have anything else on your mind for Tim, you can call him as well at 858-459-3937. Okay. So these priorities, again, keep in mind, leading up to retirement, some things to be thinking about. And and Tim, I know that West Coast lifestyle that you like to li- lead and live. The first thing here on this list is is get healthy and stay healthy because without your health, you can't really enjoy retirement, can you? No, it's a big part of it, and sometimes it's overlooked. You know, it's funny. I was at my doctor's, uh, just getting the annual checkup and whatnot, and he and he said, you know, Tim, you you know, you're in your mid forties now, and uh, he's from South Africa. He says this is when things start to happen. <laughs> I said, well, okay, what does that really mean? But I knew what he meant, and um, you know, I got two young boys at home, and I got to make sure that I stay healthy for them. I'm a few years away from retirement, but. You know, that doesn't change the fact that the more I can do now, you know, is going to be helpful for the future. So for people that are at or close to retirement, uh, don't underestimate uh, health. You know, I I see people at all stages of retirement, and there's really kind of three stages, as I call it. You know, the first one is the go-go stage. The next one is the slow-go stage. And the third one is the no-go stage. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I encourage people, you know, while you have your health, uh, get out there and, and do those things. Hit that bucket list of things that you want to do and, and push the issue even a little bit more than you think because um, you never know. And, and then things slow down. You're more interested in, you know, staying locally or, or having your family come to you to visit you. And, you know, then the no-go years is uh, kind of self-explanatory. Um, and so hopefully those aren't as long and, you, and you've got as many of the go-go years as you can. And staying healthy is a big part of that. Do you talk health to your clients quite a bit? Is that something that y'all discuss? Yeah, over lattes usually. <laughs> <laughs> low low yeah, fat. Yeah, milk, I hopefully. do, and it's funny because um, I, you know, I had a, a client that was uh, in the office this morning, and they are just doing it. I mean, they're out, they're golfing, they're they're taking their retirement distributions and immediately booking uh, the cruise for the next year. The, the, you know, RMDs is. You know, just an acronym for required minimum distribution, but there's a certain amount that you have to take out of your retirement 
uh, fun when you get over the age of 72 and that number subject to change. But, yeah. you know, either way, they, they've, they've set it up and through, you know, good planning, they've said, okay, that, that amount that we have to take out, you know, we're going to allocate that as our, uh, as our vacation fund. So everybody's in a different financial state. But look, you know, the name of the game is not to have the most at the end. It's to, it's to maximize the utility of all those hard years of work and, uh, and make sure you get to, you know, see and do the things that you want to do on this uh, globe as we rotate around the sun every year. Well, you know, you speak about thinking about what you want to be doing, but that's a big part of, of preparing for retirement as well, right, is, is really figuring out what you want to do with your free time. How are you going to spend it? What do you hope to accomplish? Well, come on. Look, you and I both know that the only thing people do in retirement is they golf 24-7 <laughs> and they sit in these silly tubs out in fields, you know, looking off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Seen that commercial before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they hang out with lighthouses, which is, you know, <laughs> kind of what every retirement thing I've seen has. No, 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 no. Okay, so getting back to the, your point, I think that you know, having a plan makes sense, but, but really thinking about like, what are some things that you want to do? I mean, you know, if I thought of, if you think of a retirement as, you know, 20 or 30 years and I think about, okay, you know, that's a long time that could be, you could start new hobbies. You could, you know, join different groups, learn new things. You know, I know travel kind of gets thrown in there as the de facto retirement to-do list, but mm -hmm. people learn a lot that, you know, that one sort of interest, uh, again, uh, or hobby that they're interested in, they can really dig in on that. And, uh, and, and who knows, I've got a client that just started to take guitar lessons. And that was something very different than what she was kind of used to uh, working in the corporate world. And, you know, that's all she talks about is she loves it. And along those lines, like, it's not just about figuring out how you're going to spend the time. But I'm sure like, whatever you're going to do, if you're traveling a lot, or you're playing golf a lot, or yeah, you're just going to try to learn a new instrument. These things are all going to cost something in, in mm -hmm. varying degrees. So that's a big part of figuring out what your spending is going to be. Yeah. Now, along the lines of thinking big, right? So I like to say when we do some analysis, we kind of look at budgets and things that, that we can factor in that are known. But let's push the envelope a little bit and let's say, well, look, if we think a little bit bigger, what's possible, you know? Maybe instead of the, the weekend getaway, maybe it's a week getaway and it's overseas. Maybe instead of flying, uh, you know, Southwest, maybe you get a first class ticket on another airline. Now, that's not always the case, but let's kind of look at not only what's reasonable, but let's also explore what's possible. And that gets us thinking about other things that we could potentially do. Talking about what you should be doing as you count down those days to retirement. And one thing that's changed... Um, I don't want to say as much necessarily recently, but just over the last decade or so is people are you know not just stepping away from work altogether, whether the opportunities mm -hmm. are there to chase a hobby and turn it into a small business or you know stretch out, work virtually for a little while, longer than mm -hmm. maybe you would have before, whatever it is, maybe start thinking about whether or not you want to have a post-retirement career. Well, here's one for you. And I'll use my own family as an example. My dad, who retired uh, you know, years ago, it seems like now, but he, he was living up in Maine, my mom and him, and um, he was working. I don't know if, any, if you've heard of L.L. Bean. It's kind of a popular uh, yeah. you know, store up there, and people come from all over the world to see the store, but they live pretty close by it. So my dad you know, picked up some part-time hours. He just enjoyed being around people. We talk about hobbies in retirement. My dad started to kayak up in all these little nooks and crannies around uh, Portland and Freeport, Maine, where he was living at the time. 
And uh, he just really loved kayaking. So he's working in the kayak department at L.L. Bean a couple days a week. And a guy comes in and, he's, and he says, uh, I need to buy, you know, 10 kayaks. And my father was asking him, oh, is this, you know, do you work at a summer camp or something? Well, it turns out this guy owns a, owns a um, cruise line, but they're these kind of river cruise boats. Yeah. And they go from Canada and they go all the way down to the Bermuda and the Caribbean and things like that. And so, you know, sure enough, my dad got them all set up and they stayed in touch. Well, a couple months later, the guy calls into the store and he says, you know, can you put me in touch with the guy that was selling the kayaks? <laughs> and he asked my dad if he wanted to be a guide on these cruises, right? A kayak guy, because the people loved it. They loved these river boats that would go in these locations that these big mega ships can't go in. And then when they got there, one of the things they loved to do was kayak, but they didn't have anybody to take these people out. So here's my dad in his, you know, mid 70s, early 70s, you know, and he's he's traveling all over the world, if you will, on these cruise ships, you know, weeks at a time. And he's doing what he loves, taking people kayaking. So you never know where these things, you know, can lead to, whether it's just getting a little part-time job that leads into something big or, you know, your hobby that could lead you into something big. But we joke around, you know, my dad finally cracked the code, if you will, a few years of working in his own business. Now he's, he couldn't be happier. And even though it might seem like he's, um, it, it might appear he's working almost a full-time job, it doesn't feel like one minute of work to him. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. That's a great way to, to spend your time and doing something you enjoy and love. It's not really work. For sure. But be thinking about it. That's that's the number th one thing is you want to be thinking about what that might look like for you. Do you want to work? Do you not want to work? Let's kind of back back up a little bit and, and talk about some things leading into retirement, some things that you want to kind of take care of ahead of time. One of those being uh, taking advantage of this, this time to maybe save a little bit more. Maybe your kids are out of the house. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are earning more than you have in your career. This is now a time where you can kind of ramp up those savings and put yourself in a better position as you move into retirement. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, look, the best time to save, you know, they say was 10 years ago or years ago. And, you know, the next best time is today. And I, I couldn't agree with that thought more. Now, one of the things that I talk to my clients about is when it comes to saving, typically people, you know, you've got your income, you take out taxes and spending expenses, and then what's left, people usually just spend, right? So if we kind of go back to this rich dad, poor dad concept for anybody that's a, that's a book. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, I recommend it. But, you know, pay yourself first. Take some of those savings out first, and then that money that's left over becomes your budget, and you just find a way to make it fit, okay? Um, the other thing is markets go up and down with different economic or political news. And, you know, when markets are experiencing a decline, as people are running away from investments, you know, you, you need to understand that the money that you're putting to work, especially money for future years, is really, uh, you know, getting an unfair advantage or a power play, if you will, by, you know, getting in at lower prices. So those are a couple of things to think about. But um, the other thing is it's never too late to start saving. And even if it's a little amount, it's going to have a bigger impact down the road. Trust me, you'll thank yourself later. Yep. The next best time to save is now. So get started on that immediately. All right. Uh, debt. Let's talk debt for a second. Retiring debt-free is obviously a goal for a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, it's one thing to have a mortgage in retirement, but getting rid of that other debt can make that income planning process much easier and just all around preparation much easier once you get into retirement. 
Yeah. Now, we actually did a video on our YouTube channel on uh, opportunity cost. And I think that's kind of the basis for, you know, th th this topic that you just brought up. So when you look at debt, there's a cost of that debt. Let's say you've got a credit card and, you know, the credit card interest rate, say 10%. Well, that's a cost to you, right? And that's reducing, you know, your savings or your net worth and whatever. But as you pay that off, you know, it's no longer a drag. And now that money is earning interest. Okay, that, that money that was used to service debt is now earning money instead of paying interest. Now, you know, that that seems like a, a relatively simple concept. But when we introduce, you know, the topic of or the concept of opportunity cost, what we're talking about is, hey, you know, debt isn't always bad. In the case of maybe you're, you, you have a mortgage and with interest rates where they were over the last few years, everybody's kind of got everything mortgaged down to three or four percent, call it. Um, and if you've got a, a mortgage at three or four percent, and you've got cash that may be earning five, six, seven percent, you know, a rate above that, well, maybe it makes sense to just pay your mortgage down at that normal rate instead of taking that cash and paying down bigger chunks. Now, I do have to add this: that there's there's mathematical calculations to all these things, right? What you're paying in interest versus what you're earning in interest. But there's also the uh, the swan effect, and that the sleep well at night. Some people just can't sleep at night without, you know, in retirement without knowing that their mortgage is paid off or, or you know, soon to be paid off. And that's, look, that's an emotional consideration that has weight too. So it isn't just always about the numbers. But the, the final thing I want to say about that is you just don't want debt to be, you know, taking over or controlling your life. If it's growing and it's getting bigger and, you know, it, it's causing all kinds of headaches or damage to your credit score. You know, certainly those are, are things that want to be avoided. So take a good, honest look at where you are with your debt. And if you need to you know, speak with a professional about that, certainly that could make some sense. But um, you, know, you certainly want to get that paid down. But at a minimum, you want to have it under control. I don't think I've heard that SWAN acronym before. But I like that. I like that. <laughs> you haven't been around as long as I have in this business. <laughs> Apparently not. But, and it kind of takes me right into our, our next thing on our list here is, is risk, right? Uh, that's something else that's going to keep you up at night if you are taking on too much risk. So as you're approaching retirement, I'm assuming that you're working with clients to see what their risk profile is, but also probably reduce the risk in many cases. This, we could go on, we're going to do a separate show on this one. I mean, this right. is definitely one of the, I don't want to say least understood, but the most misunderstood. For example, you know, markets have been trending upwards for a long time. And it's easy to get complacent. People are easily saying, oh, you know, they, they think they're more comfortable with risk. Now, we know markets experience corrections of 10% almost once a year. And yet, when it happens after a, a, a prolonged period of uh, price increases, I'm surprised that, you know, some people that we talk to that are just totally shaken by this. And so they're underestimating their ability to take risk. Here's the other thing. When I review portfolios uh, from, from people that come to see us, you know, I ask them what they think. If things went wrong, what, what do they th estimate would happen to their portfolio? If you've got a $100,000 portfolio and I said, things went haywire, what do you think? Just, oh, you know, maybe down 15, 20%, you know. And then we run an analysis, say if 2008 financial collapse, as we call it, or the dot-com period or the market's behavior around the COVID of, of 2020, if that were to repeat itself, and I show them, your, your portfolio uh, could be down 45 to 50%. And is that okay with you? And, and they're just surprised, you know, at, at what that looks like. So 
I, I use the term, you know, we like to put goalposts around things and show mm-hmm. people what's possible if things work well or according to plan. And, you know, if things don't go exactly according to plan, what does that look like? What is that downside? And then making sure, you know, for our clients that aligns with their objectives. But, you know, we talk to a lot of people that aren't clients or, um, you know, maybe don't become clients for whatever reason. Uh, but we show them that. Say, hey, look, you know, are you aware of this? This, this is something that might, might need to be addressed. In other cases, too, just to add on to that, in some cases, people are maybe not taking enough risk, right? With inflation creeping up, are they getting enough out of their investments? Doesn't mean they have to go all the way out, you know, on, on the risk spectrum and be hyper aggressive. But, you know, maybe they're being too conservative based on what they can handle. And when they get some context around that, uh, then they're less nervous about kind of, you know, the risk that can affect their portfolio because they're educated around what could happen beforehand. Yeah, I'm sure when you show them those numbers, not just the percentage, but what it looks like to their actual bottom line, it can be eye-opening for a lot of people. So you got to be comfortable with the amount of risk you're taking. Well, look, you're on the East Coast, right? So yep. I'll give you an analogy. Okay. You hop on a plane and uh, you're going to come out and visit me here in San Diego, right? Now, from where you are in, in uh, North Carolina, everybody's got to cross over those Rockies, right? <laughs> Now, no matter what happens, right, you, there's going to be some turbulence there. Now, there's two scenarios, right? There's the one where the pilot says, okay, folks, we're coming up on the Rockies, you know. Uh, in, a, in a few minutes, we're going to have some uh, light or moderate turbulence. We think it could last uh, 15 or 20 minutes, and then we'll be on our way to San Diego, right? Then when you hit it, even if it's severe, you're like, yeah, the guy up front kind of knows what's going on. You know, he's, <laughs> he's sort of alerted me to what that is. Whereas the other guy that's kind of just, you know, on autopilot, maybe he's asleep up there. You hit turbulence, and even as a seasoned flyer, you're kind of grabbing the the seat, white knuckling, <laughs> as they say, and you're saying, you know, is there anybody up there? Like, <laughs> should we be at a different altitude or something like? Even though he's got it totally under control, just that communication or that context, you know, you're like, hey, look, okay, seems that he knows what's going on up there, and so we, yeah. you know, we like to have our clients kind of know what those scenarios are, so that when they happen, it's they say, hey, you know, Tim said this might happen. I like that. All right, Tim, that's all I have on my list. Is there anything else you'd add for for listeners in terms of getting prepared for retirement? Just anything they, that you would recommend prioritizing beyond what we've talked about? Well, we didn't talk specifically about a plan, but you got to have you got to have a plan and you got to have clarity on the method or or how you're going to make sure that you don't run out of money in retirement. You might have that buttoned up. That's great. If you don't, you got to talk to a professional about that. That's what people do. It's their careers. They spend you know, all their days figuring and helping clients figure that out. And that's something that we do here for our clients as well. All right. Well, if you want to find more on Dyer Wealth Management, you can find them online, DyerWM.com. If you want to call Tim as well, talk about any of these things we've discussed today or any questions on your mind, you can do so at 858-459-3937. And please subscribe to the show as well. We got a lot coming up and uh, new shows every two weeks. We'd appreciate it if you hit subscribe, help us grow. And also make sure you don't miss a single episode as we release them coming up. All right, Tim, this is not a complete list of priorities, but I think a great start for people. But ultimately, as you mentioned, get that plan in place. No matter where you are, start working on that plan. So when you get to retirement, you're not having to worry about that tournament. Roger that. We appreciate your time, Tim, and thank you for listening to the Retirement Power Play. New episode coming soon. We'll talk to you then.
The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Dire Wealth Management, doing business as Sage Capital Advisors, LLC employees, and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management Investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place.